I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I hit up Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter, where I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element, or I highlight the Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And Benny, you got the numbers I need. Oh, that was crap. This is digging in the digits. I was gonna do it that I do it, but um... I'm keeping it in here, Benny. I'm keeping it in. Allow yourself. I'm keeping that in. So get used to that. <laughs> Bye, Benny. <laughs> oh man, I love that song so much. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was trying to get to the. I was trying to get that. Not 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 terrible singing, but um, I just I just yeah I don't know what I was doing. There. <laughs> That's alright, man. That's alright. I think I did pretty well. But anyway, uh, happy belated birthday uh, to our to our boss man to our boss man in the uh, in the AUS. Um, he is now damn pensioner. Fucking hell, man. You got you're getting on. <laughs> I was waiting for this. You did say you were gonna roast me about my age. I'm old, man. Thirty-one is a scary age. Like you know, you know when you when you turn thirty, you just like you're still like, oh yeah, thirty's gonna be. And but then you feel like thirty's gonna be the year, the the decade that I I, I am myself. I discover myself in my twenties and my thirties. I'm gonna be who I truly am. And then you get to thirty-one and you realize you didn't do that for the last year. And you're like, oh wait. <laughs> This is not like some predefined thing. Like I actually have to go out and do this shit. So this is getting real fucking scary at thirty-one. <laughs> shit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, nah. Um, I was uh, what, what was it? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was with my mate, and we were just like, we we were literally just thinking about being twenty-three, and I was just like. Bro, we I swear we were like nineteen like a while like a couple of while back. <laughs> How's it how have we skipped three years? It's, it's crazy. But um, it's yeah, bro. Scary. I have no idea, man. It, that's, I, I don't I don't I personally don't celebrate my birthday just because I, I I don't really see it as something, you know, worth celebrating. Like, you know you know, people people love saying happy birthday to each other, but when I have something, you know, uh, if I ask you to listen to my podcast you're suddenly like silent. Um but yeah. You know, that's just me. That's just me. No, I, um, I don't find birthdays that completely that important, to be completely honest. Like, everyone has one. It's like an asshole, to be honest. Everybody's got one. No, so I, feel, anyway. I, I feel the same way. Like, <laughs> moving I, on. Um, talking about assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, where are we moving on to now with that? What's that segue? Jeez. No, I, I was go- I was going to move on to the show itself, but you could say okay. your tig. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, well, no, I was just going to say very quickly that... um. Speaking of assholes, no, not speaking of assholes. I took my I took my birthday off Facebook because like I I'm the same as you, man. I'm just like, firstly, I hate birthdays. I don't know oh, what okay. it is, but I just don't feel good on my birthday. But secondly, I I just felt like, why are you saying happy birthday to me and we haven't spoken in like six years or you know like you have no interest mm. in my life or me or anything I do or anything I'm going through. But I put it back on this Thanks. year. And um, only a few people, I've got like 500 friends on Facebook's shit, man. Facebook is objective trash. But uh, only a few friends reached out to me. And they were, they were good, man. It was, it was nice. I actually hung out with a couple of friends yesterday after, I think it was p- 
because I put my birthday back up on Facebook. So that was a positive experience. So I don't know, man. Fuck birthdays, to be honest. That's just my two cents. Oh, you know, I'm not. I'm not that against birthdays, like the concept of it. Like, if you want to celebrate, if you want to go celebrate your birthday, go celebrate your birthday. Do you? You know what I mean? But personally, for me, I mean, I enjoy it in the t- in the fact that like I can use it to reflect, and that's why I do it for. I use it to just reflect, and yeah. you know, just to just to just to mentally see where I'm at, you know what I mean? And just yeah. go like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm either at a pretty good place or not, whatever. And, you know, just, just a time, it's just a time to reflect for me. And, but, but yeah, like, in terms of like, you know, oh, guys, we, we need to go out for my birthday. I'm just like, yeah, I've no. never been about, no, I've you. never, ever been about that life. I can't be bothered. I'm just like, mate, this is, if you want to go get something to eat, let's go get something to eat. But I ain't, I ain't like, I ain't like throwing like a big ass bash or anything. But anyway, um, birthdays aside, uh, we shall get to the show itself. And uh, yeah, so Ben, how was your week? Well, well, we clearly know how was your week. You had a birthday, but <laughs> other than that, <laughs> how's your week? And uh, what have you been listening to? So I listened to four projects this week, and I was in the chat with Charlie earlier in the week, just pretty livid with the fact that there hasn't been a huge amount of hip hop being released in 2019, regardless, across the board, underground, above ground, whatever. And I said to him, bro, it's gone to the point where this weekend I'm going to be listening to Cash Doll and Lil' Kim. Like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) The height of disrespect for me, because now that I've listened to those two projects, I'm like, oh, hang on a sec. Like, Cash Doll can really fucking rap. And Lil' Kim is a legend for a reason. So the first album I put on was Cash Doll's. Um, now I want to talk about this because a lot of like, you know, we heard that Jermaine Dupri thing where he was rap, he was criticizing women for rapping about stripping my, what I, what I realized across these two albums was stripping is the same as selling drugs for a lot of, uh, like young black women where they said that I'm not like, obviously I don't Mm. live in the culture. I have no idea, but I'm just getting, um, I guess the, the, the whole picture and and listening to the way that they're speaking. And it's like, we were, we're oppressed. We have no way of earning money. Uh, other than this, this is the best way for us to learn, earn a large amount of money quickly. We're going to strip, put ourselves through school, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, it's the same with, with drug dealing. It's like, we're going to earn this money, then we're going to go straight and then we're going to invest it in businesses and then we're going to be legal, you know? So I don't understand this criticism about strip, stripper rap. Like, what the fuck? Are you, why are you criticizing that? That's amazing. Like, you, you go out there and make a shitload of money. The thing about Cash Doll was she was been rapping from a young age because, and when I say young, like, you know, when she started stripping, she would actually make money not through stripping. She would be at the club rapping, and people would pay her to rap. She wouldn't even have to strip. So that's why this album was really took me aback because of the negative rhetoric around artists like Cash Doll. It's like, oh, she must be a stripper. She must be an Instagram model. It's like she she can't rap. This is just a. It's like no, shut the fuck up. Like this is actually a really freaking good album. Uh, she switches her cadences and flows almost at will. She stays on the beat at all times. Her flow is interesting, and engaging. She has witty and thought-provoking punchlines. She actually raps as, about sex as if she's had it before, rather than the men who rap like they're 13-year-old boys who just discovered Pornhub. She raps so well, right, that when I, when I saw Big Sean was on the on Ready, Set, Ready Set, I think that's the song, mm. I was like, oh, this is going to be epic. Like, I reckon she's definitely going to out-rap Sean on this. He didn't even drop a verse, man. It was just a hook. And I was like, well, 
that's probably for the best. Like, I wouldn't want that smoke right now because she's she killed that album. So it's just a bit too long. That's the only thing I would say about that album, but I would highly recommend it. Um, and I don't care if you think you don't want to listen to a female rapping. Like, this is top-tier shit. Like, this is better than most of the stuff that's come out. It's better than that young, uh, Baby album. I guarantee you that. Um, Little Kim, Nine. Uh, now, wow, mm. man, Little Kim. So I have never heard a rapper who came out in the, you know, mid to late 90s still sound so comfortable and relevant in 2019. This actually sounds like a 2019 album. It sounds like a much better version of Young M.A.'s album, but it's fantastic. She can ride the beat incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I don't know what else to say about this. Like, she sounds like a fucking gangster on this shit. The only time I didn't like the album was when Rick Ross came through and rapped about being rich for the 44,000th time. And I was just like, bro, <sighs> this done. It's okay. done now, Rick Ross. Please stop. I'm done. I'm out. That was the verse. That was the verse. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, I know you're trying to sound like Notorious Big. Like, just please, man. Just fucking stop it. But apart from that, um, great album. Really great mm-hmm. album. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'll just quickly get to this ambient album that I listened to, which is Evening Star by Robert Fripp and Brian Eno. If anyone knows Brian Eno, he created ambient music. Like, literally, he coined the term, and his first album, first ambient album, uh, Music for Airports, he actually defined the genre. He said, music that must be able to accommodate many levels of listening attention without enforcing one in particular. It must be as ignorable as it is interesting. And he's just been like, yeah, man, he's the godfather of, of ambient music. I didn't really like this album that much because I felt like it mm. was... It didn't really drag me in. They had this like, um, they had this section. Uh, what did it say? It was like something metals, and that was pretty cool. But apart from that, it was like, yeah, uh, sorry, an index of metals. I I wrote it. It's like a dark dystopian movement oscillating between background anxiety and alarmist dread. So I like that section, but apart from that, eh, it was a bit of a throwaway. And then finally, Statue of Limitations. With Benny and Smoke Dizza. Bro. Bro, bro, bro. Wow, shit. I'm driving home and the production <laughs> is clean. Oh my gosh. Pete Rock. Super clean. Pete Rock. Squeaky clean. Oh, shit. You want to hear some fire this year? Put this freaking tape on, man. And like... I did a couple of statistics on it, and it went it went cardboard this morning on Twitter. I don't know why people. I thought people liked Benny, but I don't know. But um, they use 142 slang terms. 40 46 of the percent of the lyrics are slang. Like it's wild, man. Um, I I really enjoyed the project. I didn't think that Benny was quite up to the standard he was on the plugs I met, and I think that might have been the guests like really on that on that particular tape. I mean, if you're putting those guests on your on your project, you have to drop the best bars of your entire career. And so I think when I came into Benny, it was like upper echelon Benny. And this was just a little bit below that. You know, he wasn't as good as he was on that project. I still think he's the best rapper in Griselda. But I think they complement each other very well. Conway and West Side Gun were both mm-hmm. on the project. Um, Smoke Dizzo, like, what do you expect, man? Like, it's just hard fucking bars it was hard as bricks the whole the whole project's hard as bricks and uh i could not recommend that high i was really happy that that came out because 
yeah, it was looking like a dry weekend until that drop. That's what I checked out, man. Yeah, so I also listened to Statue of Limitations and uh, pretty much the same <laughs> same reaction as you, honestly, like that production Oof. and Pete Rock, uh, Pete Rock Productions. Oi! Too clean, too clean. School weeky clean, absolutely crazy. But yeah, no, I understand where you come from on the Benny part. Um, I do understand that. I think I enjoy this more than the plugs I met from a production perspective. Yeah. But probably lyrically, it's probably the plugs I met personally. Uh, but yeah, that, that's just that's uh, that's probably how most people feel. And uh, yeah, Smoke does is just a just a beast. Like, uh, yeah. I remember the album he did uh, with P Rock actually, uh, Don't Smoke Rock, like uh, I think two three years ago, and it, oh, just, oh, that just stuck in my head. That was too great. Um, but yeah, it's what other things I listen to. Um, well, speaking of EPs, uh, Mel, I think it's Mel Brown or Melly Brown, uh, Intersection. She's like a uh, producer, DJ. I think she, uh, she's a radio host as well in uh, North. I think it's North. Uh, I forgot somewhere in London. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's kind of like a housey project. Uh, but there's some uh, good uh, good uh, people come, coming on with her on this one. There's uh, Tiana Major Nine, who's also on that uh, recent. Uh, uh, Queen and Slim soundtrack, uh, which is which is always good. Uh, highly rate Tiana Major Nine, and yeah, that was a, that was a good. That was interesting. Album. I didn't really know what I was what going into when I listened to it. I was just looking for Tiana features, and uh, she was on that, so I just thought I'd give it a listen. And uh, yeah, nice, nice little, nice little house EP, nice little sixteen minutes. Why not? Um, album wise, uh, so Black Moon, uh, Rise of the Moon. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, legendary hip hop, uh, legendary underground boom bap group. Uh, obviously led by Buckshot, and yeah, man, it's it's. I mean, if you know Black Moon, you know what you're getting. <laughs> it's just you just boom back beats, just absolutely like it's like it's like reaching back into the 90s and just pulling back just some hard 90s shit. It's, it's so clean. Uh, got like Smith and Weston on here, uh, uh, Method Man's on here as well, uh, General Steel. Yeah, but yeah, so you know, if you like Black Moon, if you know Black Moon, you, you're gonna get some good Black Moon here. So that's pretty much it. Uh, interesting one, Grip. The dude's name's Grip. Uh, he's an Atlanta rapper uh, with snub nose, right? So if you if you're looking for if you're looking for like a, okay if you look for Pusher and obviously like Benny and those lot for like drug bars, right? You want to look and you want to look for Grip if you're looking for just absolutely <laughs> chock full of gun gun lyrics. Really? <laughs> Literally, the whole album is just gun lyrics. It's just it's just it's just it's just songs and bars about guns. It's, it, it, it just goes so it goes so many ways with it, and like just gunplay and all the possible reasons for using a gun, whether it be revenge or robbing someone. It's just very interesting to be honest. And there's also a couple of moments where like uh, the voice gets really high high pitched, and that's supposed to be snub nose, which is I think it, I, I assume it's his gun. So it's it's very interesting actually a uh, very fascinating album uh but yeah that's uh that was, that was kind of the uh, uh left field pick uh, that i got off there uh red free 2 upon uh, reflection legendary uk uh hip hop artist um or well legendary rap artist i guess i don't know uh where you, where you can place him and yeah he's just i mean it's not it's not um in my it's not my favourite album of his. Um, it's still growing over life from like a few years ago. Just that's an absolute masterpiece of his. But this is also just is also just very good. It's very introspective. Uh, some good features on here. Avellino on one track at the end. Absolute spazzes on on a verse. Uh, Burner Boy is on here as well. Uh, and yeah, this it's, it's it kind of equates around a particular track, which is actually the title track upon reflection, which I really enjoyed. And uh, I'm just really enjoying the amount of. 
uh, introspective songs that people are dropping, like, um, you know, there's this, there's Voices in My Head, Ocean Wisdom, there's, uh, there's Rich Brian's Kids, there's stuff like that. Where people, oh, excuse me, where people are like just really looking in and just like uh, go to just, uh, are just uh, you know, taking account of where they're at at the moment. I just really enjoy that kind of uh, that kind of content. But yeah, Red Free Two, absolute legend in the game. Uh, salute, great album. And lastly, Ben, what do you know about Garage, bro? What do you know about Garage? Garage, the genre. Yeah, bro. What do you know about Garage? Not a lot. I'm legit asking. What do you know about Garage? I mean, it's it's. <laughs> It's like a rock genre, right? Nah, bro. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. Okay, nah, zero nah, then. Nah, nah, nah. Zero. It's not. It's, not, it's fine. I, know, I clearly know zero about garage, it. Garage, garage is just like this. <laughs> garage is just this amazing genre from uh, from the 90s in the UK, right? Where it's just like... It, it takes inspiration from Jungle, which is kind of like a similar... Drum, okay, so you, right now it's like drum and bass, right? Before that, before, you know, put it frankly, the white people uh, took it and made it to drum and bass and made it a lot faster, there was Garage. And DJ Spoonie, who's a legend in the uh, in just the UK scene in general, has gone together with a orchestra and has created this thing called Garage Classics. And they have been touring for the past, I think, few years uh, just uh, doing these Garage Classics where they take Garage you know, classic garage tracks, Sweet Like Chocolate, uh, Fill Me In, uh, Body Groove, like, these tracks are legendary. Like, if you are not, you are not an 80s or 90s baby or any, just, if you don't know these tracks, if you haven't heard these tracks and you live in the UK, I don't know where you're, where, where are you? Where are you living? Under a rock. So, the, the this album is absolutely fucking amazing. I really thought it would just be like, you know, just covers in, in and it is you know fundamentally is is people covering uh, uh miss banks is on a uh, body groove emily sanday does one i forgot the name uh rally richie uh is uh, on a uh, film me in instead of craig david obviously and boy it's just so clean it's so clean it just it just works i love it it's it's i've, I've always wanted to go to like a live show and i probably and I, well i definitely will try and in, in uh in this case but boy it's so fun it's so fun it's just garage tracks if you, if none of you have heard Garage, just just go look up Garage just on just on Spotify or whatever. They probably have like many playlists about them. Just just go just go get into that because it's absolutely amazing microcosm of just UK music and it's probably like just the it's so great it's it's so great like it, every club night should have Garage in it. It's just great. It's beautiful. Could and, we call and the also the classical elements, garage? violins, there's everything. It's just it's it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Could garage, we, bro. Could garage. We, could we call this look up garage? I will, but can we call find the streets garage? garage? Like Mike Skinner? Uh, yes, adjacent. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Some garage. Yeah, some garage uh, influence. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You got it. You got it. I got yeah, that. He's, uh, he's got some garage influence in there. So yeah, if if you like, you know, the streets stuff like that. I do. Craig David, you know, just people like that. It's just, it's just beautiful. Garage is so great. It's one of my favorite genres ever. And the fact that DJ Spoody has just like switched this up and re- and practically revitalized it in this way of making it cla- of adding classical elements to it, it's just it's just a breath of fresh air. I really enjoyed it. I was just I was just on the I was just sitting field walking my dog, just jamming, bro, just j- j- jamming, <laughs> absolutely jamming. But yeah, uh, oh, that's, that's cool. what I listened to. Uh, highly enjoyed uh, those, particularly the last two. But yeah, we shall finally get into the show. And uh, Ben, take it away. Okay, so this Mr. week. Bambi. This week we're going to talk about 
<laughs> this week we're going to talk about what is hip-hop, okay? And that sounds like a silly freaking question to ask, but I was watching this video a couple of days ago, actually, and Merz was talking with Hip-Hop DX and talking about how... And this was actually from a few years back, and he was talking about how R&B elements are creeping heavily into hip-hop. And I think, obviously, that was a couple of years back. Now, it's... Man, it's all over hip-hop now. Everyone is singing. That Little Kim album I mentioned prior, a lot of singing. And it's been sparked... This this discussion between Charlie and I was sparked by me posting up some statistics about Tyler, the Creator's Igor, which dropped this year. Um, now, Igor... Uh, have I got it written here somewhere? I think it was uh, 41... So it was 41.5% rapping. And it was, what's that, 57.5%, 58.5% singing. Now, obviously, I think that's hip-hop. I've been saying it's hip-hop all year. I have never deviated from that. But I was getting a lot of criticism from some people for even asking the question. You know, like, how can that even be considered not hip-hop? It's It doesn't matter how much an artist sings, it's still hip-hop. Then I was you know, in mentions with people about Post Malone's Hollywood's Bleeding, which is only 12% rap, 88% singing, and I have been vehemently opposed to anyone calling that hip-hop for the last... Like, I'm against anyone calling Post Malone hip-hop. That's a pop artist to me. And I even used Ed Sheeran as an example, so 32.8% of his last album was rap. That's not a hip-hop album. So, and... it Look... I have no idea what I'm talking about here. Like, I'm completely out of my depth. The way that I... Because a lot of people have asked me this in Australia, a lot of white people, because we we don't freaking know, man. We live in Australia. We, we didn't grow up on this. We didn't grow up within the culture. We're just observing it from afar. And, you know, I read as much as I possibly can. But I'm, a, I'm still in the reading opinion a lot of the time. This is a... You know, culture is not a quantifiable thing and I wanted to make that very clear with my post it was like I really just wanted to spark a discussion and get a temperature check on what people actually feel and how how they feel about hip-hop and and how they feel about singing in hip-hop whether they think that's R&B what genre they would consider that I don't think culture can be quantified in any way and I would never want to do that Um, but I just wanted to get a feel of what people actually felt about Igor and how they feel about rappers who sing and, you know, what genre they would place that in. So that's why I wanted to have this discussion with Charlie. But the other thing I want to talk about just before I get into that is I want to say why genre is actually important. Uh, but when I pitched this to you, Charlie, like, I didn't know, man. I, I, I was just like, <laughs> I didn't expect you to jump at it like you did, but yeah, I'm really happy about that because I need to be schooled in this shit. I've, I'm floundering away in the deep end here, and I can't swim. I don't know what's going on. Okay, um, so this is one of those conversations where I, I, I just, I just enjoy having because I don't know. I just, I just really enjoy having existential question, uh, existential uh, conversations now and again. And obviously, this is kind of. <laughs> voice hip-hop is kind of the kind of the epitome of that and so okay let's get into it so on the on the on the initial Murs uh mention uh it's funny it's funny he says that because um he actually did a video uh taking over was it was it hip-hop dx I think it was Hip Hop DX, right? Because uh, previously, uh, Justin Hunt, who is a uh, amazing, I think, writer and also like a, uh, uh, I think he works at Empire now, uh, the, the the label. And um, 
he used to do this show on YouTube called The Breakdown, and I think he still does it, um, and uh, he, he basically just spends like 15 minutes talking about a particular hip-hop topic, and Merz took that over, and he actually did one episode uh, uh, talking about uh, uh, categorizing, th- categorizing hip-hop into three things, so hip-hop, which is hip-hop and uh, people like uh, J. Cole, or uh, I guess Rhapsody, someone like that, uh, hip pop, which he for some reason put Kendrick in, which yeah, I could I, I get it, but I would I put him in hip hop personally. And then they'll uh, wait, <sighs> hip hop, hip pop, and then pop, and then I think pop rap or something like that. And that was like where Drake and all them lot are in. So that was an interesting uh, I initial uh, original idea that he gave in subjectivity there, and the fact that he's the fact that he's saying that R and B's creeping in. I mean. I I, I I keep doing this, I don't know why we keep doing this, but I'm going to go back to the 2000s, because I've said in previous episodes, like, in the 2000s was fucking weird, say it with me now, fucking weird, Tim and weird. earlier in that decade, uh, early in the early in the millennium, like, who, who, were, who was doing the, who was doing the, who was, who was the kings of that, you know, obviously you had the Jay-Z's and stuff like that, but Ja Rule? 50 Cent. Man. You know, that was, that was very R&B elements there. Nelly. Uh, 50 Cent. Like, you know, it, it's not like R&B and hip-hop haven't crossed paths before, let's be real. And even, and you know, even before that, you know, there was, there was you know, Common and Erica Badu were doing things. Uh, Jill Scott was Lauren crossing Hill. hip-hop tracks. Lauren Hill, uh, man. You know, Beyonce is crossing in, like, Lauren freaking Hill. Like, come on, bro. It's not, it's not, it's not act like, you know, R&B hasn't. Uh, and R&B and hip hop haven't like you know coexisted before. Like that's not that's not really anything new. But I do understand the I guess the um, the conversation about it now, simply because the the obviously R and B has, uh, in my opinion, I think R and B has actually taken more from hip hop than hip hop has taken from R and B these this past decade. If I'm if I'm if we're being uh, if I'm being real here, uh, that's that's just my opinion. But anyway. Yeah, the uh, the the entire obviously conversation about what hip hop is and you know uh, singing specifically, um, Ben and well just behind the curtain <laughs> conversation here. The reason why I did Bismarcky at the start was because Ben asked me to because obviously that he Bismarcky did singing in that track, and uh, I don't know why you picked that one. <laughs> I, I guess you I just really enjoyed the song. song. But I, love I it. thought just because. A birthday present to Ben. Thank you. <laughs> a birthday present to Ben. There you go. So uh, I just thought I just thought I'd do that. But um, yeah, I guess I guess if we're you know, and I I don't want to you know whatever proclamations I make during this particular episode, I just want to say it's it's me. It's my opinion here. I'm not I'm not trying to you know be the foremost voice on hip hop. This is it. This is what hip hop is. You know, I've, I've, I have spoken. <laughs> now everyone act accordingly. You know, this is just, this is just how I feel. If you, if you feel differently, then be sure to, you know, uh, respond, uh, uh, hit, hit us up on Twitter or whatever, or you know, create your own hip hop podcast. Why don't you do that? Yeah, <laughs> go do that. But anyway, <laughs> challenge accepted. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I answering your question uh, just loosely on what hip hop is to me. Um, and I've kind of asked after this question before, uh, way back probably, but I I I do find hip hop at its essence really is an amalgamation of genres gone before. 
you know, people, hip-hop initially was just disco. It literally was disco music just, you know, remixed a little. <laughs> it's literally what it was at that time in the in the late 70s and early 80s. And then it obviously started to make its own sound, which is good. And But even in that, you know, there were there were people starting to take some. Then when once sampling came in, I think it was a wrap. Like you can you can people sample everything. You know, there's you know you can go from as far as new metal, uh, or you can go to jazz rap. You know, you, you can go whatever you want with hip hop now. And I think that's obviously why we all love it uh, in some in 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 essence. And yeah, it is generally quite hard to define what hip-hop is. Personally, for me, I really do think it's just an amalgamation. I think it's the perfect... I think it's the... I think it's a hundred years... It's the... It's the... What's the word? It's the result of a hundred years of African-American music. So it took... It, it, you start with blues, uh, rock and roll, jazz... Soul, R&B, because R&B was there before hip hop. Let's, yeah. let's, let's not, uh, let's not yep. get it twisted. Uh, disco, all of those things, all of those things helped create hip hop in some way. And all the pioneers and all the legends that we constantly talk about have taken inspiration from those particular branches and more. So I just, I just find that's what hip hop is. I really do think it's just like a perfect result of just mashing together everything, uh, everything that African-Americans have done from a music standpoint, and, you know, not just African-Americans, but also Caribbeans and Africans themselves and stuff like that. So it's uh, that's how I think about it, and that, that took me so long to explain, but yes, <laughs> that's, kind of, that's loosely what I think it is. That's very well said, and I think that's definitely the music aspect of it. I would, um, I would agree with that. I think what I'd like yep. to do just before I jump into how I feel about it is say why I, because what I feel is genre is is important. A lot of people were critical on Twitter saying, just don't classify it. Just It's just music. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Like humans, it, it, we can't Ugh. we can't function yeah. like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whilst I would love that to be the case, yeah. humans <laughs> have never, ever been able to do that. We need to categorize. Now... I think there are negative aspects to uh, genre classifications. Like NF is a good example where he didn't want to be classified as Christian rap because he felt that would limit his audience. I understand that. There was a great article by Brianna. Female rap. Female rap. There was a fantastic article by Brianna Younger on Pitchfork on black artists' frustration at being boxed into genres they don't always identify with. Now, Frank Ocean said, if you're a singer and you're black, you're an R&B artist immediately, period. Um, also in that uh, article, FKA Twigs, Dawn Richard and Moses Sumney all spoke their piece and said that they don't necessarily want to be defined simply by the color of their skin. And it feels like as soon as you're black, you're put into hip hop or R&B and it kind of uh, keeps you out of other genres. And I, I wrote down like artists now feel mm. that they have to define their genre before a label does it for them. Because once a major label defines your genre, your entire marketing and your music and your sound is going to be channeled towards whatever genre they've defined you as because they need that category so that they can market you and promote you. And so now, unless you're at the very top of the mm-hmm. tree, like say you're Kanye West or Jay-Z or whatever, or Lil Wayne, 
you're not going to be able to break out of that genre. Like, no one else is going to be able to do Rebirth like Lil Wayne did. You know, like, let's have a look. Like, Jadakiss is not going to be able to do that. Jadakiss is not going to walk into Def Jam and say, and I'm not saying Jadakiss is not talented, but he's just not as commercially successful as Lil Wayne. He can't go into Def Jam and say, hey, I'm going to make a rock album. And they're going to be like, we're not going to put any money behind that. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> You're a rapper, you know? So I understand that. But at the same time, genre is insanely important. And I discovered this article, and I will try and link it in the thing. And they, they uh, looked at three reasons why genre is important. The first is simplicity. And they wrote that the human mind categorizes to reduce the complexity of the world. And that is so true. I was with my friend the other day, and we were just sitting at the beach. And I said to her, like, because we, we're talking about the human condition and the human mind it's like there's so much going on if you want to break down everything that's going on right now and there wasn't even much going on we're just sitting at the beach it's like your brain would be overwhelmed it's like the sky changes color from that blue to that blue there like you could spend 10 minutes just looking at that it's like the brain it needs to put things in categories mm-hmm. like it gets in a car and it drives to work because that's what a car mm-hmm. does but it doesn't question why a car does that or how a car does that like so we do need genre. We can't we can't unpack every single song. Like if you little listen to Little Nas X's seven EP, and you're going to go through every song and unpick and unpack what genre it is, you're going to be there for the rest of your life trying to work that out. It's just it's not feasible. It's not efficient. Um, appreciation is a very important part. So I wrote each genre has a rich history constructed over decades of music. And they're rich tapestries that are added to by every single prominent act, bands of influence blossoming into entire ecosystems of subgenres. By defining music in a specific space, it's easier to appreciate successful experimental music and when an, when an artist incorporates multiple genres into a cohesive package. For example, Lauren Hill on Miseducation. You know, you've even said on this podcast, like, there's like seven, eight genres on that album that she just kind of doesn't cobble together she weaves into the music five. five five like that you know that's what i mean like kanye with 808s kid cuddy with man on the moon ice t with gangster rap dr dre and warren g with g-funk like if we didn't have defined genres we wouldn't know that these things mm-hmm. were so class leading and so unique and so influential um and like you know even when an artist creates a subgenre, like brian eno with ambient music and so, and then of course, history. Like the, these, mm-hmm. these are all reasons why I personally think genre is important. Like it's very important from 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 an artist standpoint, just to get just to get recognized. Like people want to listen to what they like. If they like hip hop, they want to look for other hip hop artists. And I, I, I'm never going. I don't think I'm ever going to hear an argument against genre that I'm going to agree with. To be honest. Yeah, um, I think you pretty much nailed it on. Just how genre is seen, and obviously the positives and negatives to it. Because you know, I, I legit can't define some artists from one particular uh, into one particular, uh, uh, you know, uh, genre. So, I, I guess like you, you, I think in a way, I think how it should be done in a if we're talking about utopia kind of world. I think it should be categorized. I think there should be should be you know broad categories. I I I think there should be um, something that is just worth looking at, uh, just from a simplistic standpoint. But 
obviously we can name just several types of subgenres in hip hop alone. You know, conscious, drug rap, jazz rap. You know, it's, it's, you can you can go all day, and uh, you you could do it with you could do it with metal, you could do it with rock, <laughs> you could do it with jazz, even you could do it with classical music, even you know you could do it with all of these genres, and I do think that particular thing is the the I guess I really do think it's up to the artists to say straight up like where they're going from a genre standpoint if they could you know obviously it obviously people like uh, uh you know obviously apple music and uh, you know and labels are going to obviously just keep it simple for the simple for the people who just you know look for just hip-hop and that's it you know people don't always explore and that's actually a little bit of my lighter note so uh you know just a just a little tease there but um I do think on past that, it's up to the artist to say what they're about. You know, if Frank Ocean wants to say that he's not R and B, okay, what are you then? Like, yeah, true. Say it. True. Say, say what you are. Like, you know, and obviously, it's not going to be. Obviously, it's not going to be always categorized in the in if we, if if <clears throat> excuse me if Apple and Spotify genuinely did that in terms of you know if I click on hip hop. And then they have like a little subgenres tab, uh, a sub subgenres sub tab, and then they'd have the list of everything. You know, not all of not all of them are gonna be there because it will end up being like um, <clears throat> it will end up being like the uh, the you know the sexualities argument uh, if we if we go really social about it. You know, there's apparently like fifty uh, uh, sexualities out in the world, and I'm just like. Okay, I'm just going to steer clear away from that. But um, you know, sometimes they're just not going to be. Sometimes it's just going to be overlap, and you know, in that utopian world, they'll just be. It would just be a bit silly because because then again, everyone would just try and be, you know, that one of one artist. Like, oh no, I don't just do hip hop. I actually do um, uh, hip hop with a jazz blend, but with also classical elements. Like, you know, what I mean, they're not going to do. They're not going <laughs> to. They're not going to have that official tab as a as a as an Apple uh, subgenre. But um, I don't know where I'm going with this. But yeah, it is it is just where do you stop? That's really it to be that's really where you finish isn't it where do you where do you stop and yeah i i do i do agree that there are sometimes that you know there there are some artists or even albums actually and that's another that's another wrinkle towards this you know um uh, if you if you're gonna do it with like um i don't know kanye for example you know uh what's through what's um what's college dropout and then what the fuck is jesus you know what i mean like what you can it, some are easy some are just nearly impossible so you know it's just it's just it, it just gets harder even if you're talking about a particular artist so, you know not all of them are like push a t where it's just literally drug rap mafioso rap done <laughs> it's not gonna be like that some sometimes album by album you know uh kendrick for example you know good kid significantly west coast hip-hop to be a butterfly jazz rap to be honest mm-hmm. <laughs> like very jazz influence yeah. damn don't know, trappy. <laughs> don't know, trappy. don't know, don't know where I can go with that. You know, there's there's a lot of things with the uh, yeah, trappy, I guess, yeah. yeah, trap, I guess. You know, that could be the main one, but yeah, it's it's it, it is a lot, and uh, you, it, the really the the question is where does it really end? You know what I mean? It's uh, it's kind of like uh, 
it's kind of like how people figure out with their identities and stuff like that. It's it, it, this is really an identity crisis in a way, um, not to be too socio-political, but it kind of is the same thing where you know some artists do feel slighted to the fact that you know I'm not R and B, I'm this, and uh, you know sometimes it just it goes it just it just goes through uh, through people's ears and out the other ears. So um, I can understand some people's frustration, but. You know, like you said at the start, like genres are extremely important and are essential for uh, for people. It's like the classic problem with identity politics, where criticisms uh, center around the fact that you can just yeah. you can just uh, I guess split a single human. You can put a single human into ten, fifteen different groups, and when you start playing identity politics, it's like which exactly. group, which group am I? looking at which group am i you know which group am i trying to push down which group am i trying to raise up it's like now you're pulling different parts of people and so i would i would i always like to just zoom out and just view each genre as you say like you i think you're right having just these loose main categories uh rather than you know i i certainly went down rabbit holes when i was younger and i was looking but you know what i was really only looking for was I was looking for similar artists to ones I discovered. So I discovered, say, The Killers, and I love synth rock. So I was only looking for synth rock, but but only because I wanted to hear something like The Killers. Mm -hmm. So I think it's merely, we can just, Mm -hmm. if, if we zoom out and look at these big genres, because a lot of people have asked me this question in Australia, I was alluding to this earlier, but I didn't get to it, is... Because, uh, you know, I've, I've been in these debates a few times, particularly around Post Malone. And everyone's in Australia is just like asking me, well, how do you define a hip hop artist? And I just said, look, man, it's really hard. I think you have to define, I think you can define album by album, but I think you also have to look at the actual artist themselves. And I said, it's really, it's, it's just messy. It's really hard to, Honestly, man, I, I struggle with it. You know, you were talking about defining hip-hop earlier, and, and I think that was focused on the music. I would also like to focus on just the whole the whole thing. You know, it's like it came from African-American struggle. Yep. And I was watching another video. I think Merz was doing it, or it might have been someone else was doing it, and they were talking about how hip-hop is moving away from that a little bit. And it's it's this video was maybe early 2010s so it was before black lives matter and things like that okay. uh so it was looking at consumerism and and things like that mm-hmm. and saying that hip-hop was starting to move away from those values on which upon which it was built but it, it's look man i i agree with what you said earlier as well i think it is the most diverse genre in existence i think it can incorporate any sound and but because it's a feel it's like a it's a culture. It's like, it's so hard. That's why I said, I I did say at the start, I'm going to end up in the deep water floundering around. And that's where I am right now. It's like, how, how my question, my question to you is how we define, like if we're going to zoom out and not worry about subgenres for a second, like we look at an album like 808s by Kanye, which is 88% singing, or we look at, um, what else have I got in here? I've got Travis Scott's rodeo, uh, where is it? It's somewhere here. Okay. 63% singing. Or you look at Kevin Gates' album, which is, you know, in the 60s for singing as well. If an artist is predominantly singing on an album, and I mean like 70, 80, 90%, how do we define it as hip-hop? How can we define it as hip-hop? What 
what are you looking for when you're defining an artist or an album as hip hop? Well, okay, let's look at it from the prospect of the fifth element. Haha, uh, yes. the five elements, right? So, you got the DJ, you got the rapping, you got the graffiti, you got uh, the breakdancing, you've also got the knowledge as well, right? So, you're talking about rapping, and obviously, by definition, that should be a prerequisite for hip hop, okay? Now, we're, if you want to flip side that side of the coin, uh, obviously I said near uh, to, to my initial statement was that hip-hop is an amalgamation of a lot of things. Soul music is very singing. R&B is singing. Disco is pretty, pretty much singing. They're all singing for fucking crying out loud, you know? Rapping, even though, you know, rapping was a thing, uh, you know, there, there, you can actually find examples of rapping uh, back in the 1920s and 30s, and maybe earlier, actually, if you really want to uh, go that deep, if you want. But, um, you know, rapping didn't start with hip-hop, let's just say that, okay? Rapping didn't start with hip-hop. It was obviously made very significant by hip-hop standards, and obviously is a key pillar to the five elements of hip-hop. But on the flip side of that coin, it, 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 it I guess doesn't have to be a prerequisite in my opinion it's beneficial for me in and it's beneficial for people who uh or ha- who have a or want to know what hip-hop is i believe it is a prerequisite um but there's but then again when you get into exploring you d- you, d- you discover different things now i think hip-hop is also can be defined also from a technological perspective or from a technical perspective the fact that people started on drum machines i think drum machines even though they were used initially for like uh, obviously like edm electronic stuff like that you know obviously it was made very 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 popular because of hip-hop and the reason why we put kanye weights in hip-hop terms is because it has 808 in the fucking title <laughs> like nobody knew what 808 drums were until the boom bap era came round and they started messing up with messing with AOAs constantly. So from a technological perspective, you can you can link that to some of the uh to some of the albums that you mentioned and the fact that they and technological technically wise is hip hop. Um usually some but then again there are some again is 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 it's both sides of the coin for most of these for most of these answers i give actually um even from that standpoint there is a lot of albums recently um that have been done with live instrumentation and obviously that would be you know considered you know by the by the purest definition of what hip-hop was back in the day when it started that was that's not hip-hop hip-hop was two decks and a mixer, you know, um, but when you look at it now, it can be done with uh, live production, uh, or live instrumentation, uh, you know, Rich Brian's A Sailor was uh, uh, dramatically uh, live instrumentation, uh, Lil Sims's Grey Area was uh, live instrumentation, so you can, you can have these uh, pillars of hip-hop, and what they are, rapping obviously being one of them, and being the main one, and, uh, I, I forgot. I, f- I forgot to mention uh, earlier about like you know you could even split up what hip hop is and then rap music and then uh, in UK terms grime as well. But I, I won't. I won't get into that. But um, yeah, it is really two sides of I think the same coin. Um, you c- you can go by the very traditionalist perspective, 
and say that every hip hop album has to has to have you know it has to be made 100% by a drum machine and and 100% rapping you could go very purist for that or you can go down the road that you know people like Kanye people like uh, Travis Scott have done where it's not just rapping it's also singing and you know this this not like, like you know the singing is you know up to vocalist sta- standards you know what I mean? It's not exactly... The they're not Aretha Franklin up in here. No, no, no. <laughs> they're not Aretha Franklin up in here. You know, it's not... You know, the, the singing the singing isn't good singing, uh, quote-unquote. You know what I mean? So, uh, obviously, you know, Bare Bones it is singing. It's harmonising. But, uh, you know, it's not exactly, you know, Billie Holiday. <laughs> or, uh, or uh, you know, or D'Angelo, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it, it really is... There are, you can look at it from two sides of one coin and and define it for yourself, to be completely honest. Yeah, that's the thing I've had to do. Uh, it's really hard, and the only way that I do it, honestly, is just by looking at the individual artist, uh, looking at what they've said about their album or their genre or what they, you know, I guess the guest features they've done, the interviews they've done, and I think, that's how it has to come across you know when people ask me this question i say it is about the individual artists and it's about the individual album and so for me 808s is hip-hop because you know kanye i guess took it all the way to the end of the spectrum with regards to singing and rap and that was he had to do that he had to push the needle all the way to create the kind of space that there there is now for artists like you know M- young boy MBA who hit number one today uh, and he sings a lot on that album so it's very messy and it's very hard to define but I think defining it by the individual artist and the individual album is how I'm going to continue to proceed uh, I want to hit you with some albums here and give you some singing statistics and and just give me your thoughts on whether they're hip-hop or not so I've got um I've got Travis Scott's Rodeo which is 63% singing um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, yeah, I, 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 I class it as hip hop. Um, you know, um, there, there, there are a lot of, uh, there's obviously a lot of, um, you know, potential. Uh, there are a lot of singing elements, but you know, the production is overwhelmingly hip-hop to me so you know that's kind of how i class it personally you're making me sound like the authority again i know i need to do this like i'm just your opinion on it (laughs) because well i had to get it man i'm not the authority i'm the exact opposite of the authority i got no fucking idea what i'm talking about so um and i run (laughs) hip-hop by the numbers so like i you know i need to i need to get my shit in order here like um all right next one uh Kanye West 808s, which is 88.3% singing. Uh, I mean, I'd personally... <clears throat> I'd personally say R&B. Um, I think more... I think of that more from a... Uh, I, th- I personally think it's more R&B simply from a content perspective of... Obviously, the singing is there, but... There's also just what he talks about as well, which yeah. I find more R&B than anything else. Um, but yeah, that's, I, obviously, and obviously, you know, like I said before, it has AOS in the fucking title. <laughs> it's clearly hip-hop in a, in a way. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, you know, bullet, gun to my head, R&B or hip-hop, I'd probably say R&B personally. Okay, well, let's say Ed Sheeran on Number 6 Collaborations Project, which the whole, if we put the whole album together, is over 50% rap. It's 50.8% <sighs> rap. <laughs> Tough one. <laughs> Tough one. <laughs> Have fun. Yeah. Fuck you, god damn. Ed, 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 only, Ed only raps 32.8% of his lyrics, but there is over 50% on that album. Yeah, I, I see I see where you I see where you go with this. <laughs> I see I see where you go with this. Obviously it's just like it, it just gets a bit silly at some point, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, obviously there are hip hop elements in there. But there's also fucking Afrobeat elements in there. There's He's also artist, fucking yeah. dancehall elements in there. You know what I mean? Ed Sheeran yeah. tried everything on that fucking collaboration thing. So, God. you know, there's... You, you could call it whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I could really care less. I'm just going to declare it as pop because Same. it is. And, you know, it clearly he just wanted to just get a taste of everything and uh, make it as milk toast as possible and introduce uh, my dad actually said this to me like he listened to the album and he was like oh, i really enjoyed it i'm like dad no it's milk toast bro like you don't go to ed sheeran for fucking afro beats you look up afro beats you know what i mean so i i just don't get it when artists do that sometimes it actually pisses me off especially pop artists like fucks me off like oh my days like what you expecting okay great you've done you've done afro beats congratulations like do you want a medal like do you want a dashiki like what do you want (laughs) fucking joker man stay in your lane sometimes like bro i get it oh whoa you got WizKid on there you're you're officially afrobeat what do you want what are you looking for clearly you're looking for the most milk toast audience of all time and they're gonna be like this is great i've loved this what is this afrobeat i've never heard of this before oh this is interesting and then there's like fucking a whole genre that they'll never discover and they'll only rate just because of fucking uh, Ed Sheeran. You've preached. I don't hate Ed Sheeran. That sounded like it, but I don't hate Ed Sheeran. Just want to just wanna say that. Look, that album is <laughs> fucking... St- Look, I agree with everything you said, man. I didn't like that album at all. It's like you've used your status in the industry to dip your toe into a genre that... Uh, like, you've tried to diversify your fan base. You've tried... the Hip-hop's the big thing at the moment. Hip-hop's so popular in the commercial. So it's like, yeah, so it's like, hey, I'm just going to hop on this wave here. And then, like, it's like Justin Timberlake. I got mad angry when he did Man in the Woods. And just because it's like, well, well, bro, where are you from? What do you do? Like, you're using your white privilege to, to genre hop. And, like, other artists can do that. Don't get me wrong. Black artists can do that as well. But how often is it successful? Tell me that. Tell me how fucking often it is. Tell me how well Lil Wayne's rock album did. Like, and and look, Justin Timberlake's Man in the Woods was just as fucking garbage as Lil Wayne's Rebirth. Don't fucking talk to me about that album and say it was good. I guarantee you it sold 18 times more and it was reviewed 30 points higher. Because he's a white artist, you can just hop between genres... So, yeah, I've got... I, I was pissed off at that album. I'm like, look, Ed Sheeran, shut the fuck up. Stay in your fucking pop lane. Leave this hip-hop shit alone. So, yes, yeah, so I agree. That's a pop album from a pop artist who is... Yeah, I hope that he doesn't ever go back in that direction. I'm, I like Ed Sheeran too, man. I've seen his interviews on The Breakfast Club. He's a nice guy. And he, he really loves and respects hip-hop. 
that doesn't mean that you're a hip-hop artist, bro. Just because you listen to Rick Ross and you have an EP with him recorded in the vault somewhere, or you've met Gucci Mane, you're not a hip-hop artist. Like, oh my gosh, man. Anyway, uh, the last album I wanted to ask you about was, this is an, this is an interesting one, because I struggled with this. The Love Below by Andre 3000 is 57.8% singing. Now, uh, yes. I struggled with this. Um, I mean, I personally saw it as R&B for most of my life, to be honest. I, saw, I you know, it, it's, it's, look at the cover for fuck's sake. Like, you know, clearly, it, it just it just looks it. Like, yeah. Big Boy's side is hip-hop, and the other, and, but Andre's side is R&B. I, I, I honestly think it's R&B, to be completely honest with you. And, you know, it, that is actually the perfect album to categorise as hip-hop slash R&B, because literally is hip-hop slash R&B. Like, <laughs> you cannot define it so clear, so clearly. <laughs> you cannot define an album more clearly uh, as hip-hop slash R&B than Speakerbox slash Love Below. <laughs> like, it literally is. And that, I th- that's, that's what the whole, it is. That was the whole fucking point of it. Like, you know, yeah. this, it's like, you know, Big Boy was supposed to do the hip-hop side and, and, and you know, this ain't a hot take, um, but speaker box over love below. Just want to say that, get that out of the nah, way. But um, that is hot yeah, take. yeah, yeah, yeah love below. I think is R and B, and you know this isn't this this whole f- and this whole exercise, right? And I just I just want to say this, but if you if you were go to give me another album, I just want to get this out of the way. But this whole exercise is kind of um, you know it's a uh, it's like semi futile. Because, you know, at the end of the day, this is just how I see stuff. And if you see, and if you see, uh, if, if you, the audience, see it as differently as I do, than I do, then sure, go mm. for it. Um, but this is kind of the whole thing, isn't it? Where uh, you may see it as a different thing. The artist may see it as a completely different thing. And mm. they might have gone something co- for, for something completely different from what you think it is. Uh, it might be completely different from where they have been previously in their work, and then you add like the labels, and then you add the fucking streaming uh, categorization. There are a lot of people that want to define this uh, the the piece of work of question. Okay, so you know at the end of the day, it is just what you think, um, and uh, you know, and, 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 and streamers are going to de- decide at what it is. Labels are going to decide what you are, but uh, the artists are going to try and say who they are, and uh, you know, try and uh, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, uh, broadcast what they're about. Sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't, and you know, that's just how that's just how it goes sometimes. So yeah, um, it's not it's not exactly a denomination. Uh, to say that Oasis is R and B, he said it's R and B. Oh, oh, how disgraceful! Like R and B slaps. <laughs> what the fuck are you on about? R and B so lit. What the fuck? Like I'm not, I'm not calling it fucking. I'm not calling it sad boy music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it is sad boy music. But you know, I'm not going to categorize it as sad boy music. <laughs> if I if I did like a, a, a top ten albums of uh, whatever the year Oasis came out, I'm going to go like number whatever. Kanye West, Eight Ways and Heartbreak, genre sad boy. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. That's denomination. That's 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 negative. That's adding negative to it. But if I call yeah, it R and B, then fuck it. I'll call it R and B because I think it's so. Yeah. Well, I think that was perfectly said, and I think we can end on that by saying genre f- classifications are like assholes, and everyone has one of them. So I guess we can leave on that. What the fuck? 
Bro, you started this whole assholes twice. You started this <laughs> shit like literally and figuratively. Like I don't know why you brought this shit up, but it it happened. Yeah. It had to leave it. It had to be a sense of symmetry to leave it on that. <laughs> no, you don't have to make it poetic. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we have to make it poetic, Charlie. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we really don't. But okay, you've you've said it. You've said it. So I get. I guess. I guess. I guess that, uh, that has to. Le- you put that on wax. So it's here wax we are now. in the in the present, and we just We're have to live moment. with what just happened. We have Congratulations. To. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your lighter note, please. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> I swiftly on to the lighter note. Um, yeah, so funny enough, we talk about this kind of kind of thing, right? Um, and uh, I wanted to kind of also respond to a uh, uh, to what you said. Did you? I don't know if you. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did say it actually. Yeah, before before you started your weekly roundup, like how there has you know how you consider mainstream wise, it's been a wacky year for hip hop. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound um, hoity toity. About say, when I say this, but I truly do think this is how it is. So, if you consider, and obviously you asked you you asked this question uh, via Twitter via your hip hop numbers page, and you know you asked, uh, is it has it been a crap year for hip hop for you? And loads of people. I went in the comment section. I, was, I saw loads of people going, oh, it's a cr- it's been a crap year. I've, I wanted this, I didn't get it, or stuff like that. And I'm no, and I'm sitting there like. I think it's pretty been a pretty good year for music in general for me, and and I'd say hip hop as well. I personally say that, so I don't want to say I don't want to sound hoity toity when I say this, and it is going to sound it. But if your year personally of music uh, listening has been trash or crap or anything negative, it's your fault because. This not act. This is this is like when uh so you know when my mum goes to watch TV right, and uh, everyone says this. Everybody says this. Nothing. They on. they do some channel surfing, you know. They hop on Netflix, see what's on, and then they say the dr- two dreaded words: "Nothing's on." There's mm-hmm. always something on. There's always an album to listen to, ladies and gentlemen, right? To say that it's been... To say any year's been crap, you understand the, you know, the abstract notion of why people rank years and stuff like that and say, oh, 2014 was whack, and then 2014 was amazing. I understand where they're coming from, but if you personally say your year of listening to music has been trash, that's on you. Because there is always a new artist drop in. There is always artists to go back to. There is always That's something true. to listen to, new and true. old. So to say your to say your year of listening to music has been crap, and you know I don't even have to stick it to old. I can I can I can stake stake my flag on new shit. I've I've I don't know how many albums I've listened to this year. It's it's probably ballpark number around two hundred. I've 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 seen I've listened to some great shit this year that I've, from people I've never heard of before until this year. You know it, it, it's just how it is. And I and I feel like I've had a good year personally. My list is gonna slap at the end of the year. My songs, my EPs, my and my albums—they're gonna slap, boy. They're gonna be fire, and I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that for myself. But if you think your year of li- listening to music, new new music, has been crap, that's on you. You need to discover more, and that's pretty much how it is. If you're relying on Apple 
for your or, or Spotify for your release radar, or you're relying on a couple of accounts on Twitter, or if you're relying on Pitchfork or publications XXL, if you're relying on them for your music, you're doing something wrong. You really are. As a music fan, I think you really are doing something wrong. I feel I feel like, you know, it's it's up to us to discover and and the more you discover and this is the this is the whole point of the fifth element and this is the this is my ethos for life learning opens your mind to absolutely amazing things and when you discover shit you 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 just open your you open your ears to some new shit boy you feel so bro the, the rewarding nature of it is so great like there are so many artists i've mentioned on this on this show and in general uh the for for people I've never heard of before and then I drop their name on here and then uh you know, and then I go listen to them and I'm just like man this dude this this is great I love having artists that nobody else has ever heard of it feels good to me so rant over if your year if your year has been crap it's on you and you just I think you just need to do, to go look and discover more because there is always someone new out there one in your ear and I think you should give it to them it's possible we do have to make the distinction between music fan and music listener because I think the most of the criticism this year has come from music listeners now these are people who they're fans I guess but like they just listen they don't look for music they just listen to what is presented to them um and you know it's different yeah. like everyone likes music let's not get it twisted there's no one in the world you're gonna meet and be like hey i like music they're like music no that's fucking whack man i don't like music <laughs> like but but see you know you know so i think the, the the majority of those comments of this has been a shit year or this has been a crap year or whatever has come from listeners who are used to being spoon-fed music especially in the streaming generation and like if you look at the statistics it's like none of the big names have really dropped this year and i think that's why they're saying that now i will say that within the mainstream it's not been a great year in terms of the big artists actually dropping and quality wise you know we want a chance to drop something fire and he didn't like with regards to really big ticket releases, how many of those big ticket releases compared to 2018 were actually high quality? You know, Tyler, maybe Young Thug, but like outside of that, now personally, I listen to music widely and I've gone back in time and listened to a lot of older stuff. So I'm never going to run out of things to listen to. I don't think anyone can, especially if you've got Spotify on your freaking phone, man. Like just do a little, if you really are having an issue with it, do a little bit of research, work out a classic album that you've never listened to, go back, listen to Wu-Tang, listen to Capital Punishment, listen to Big L, listen to something, man. Like, There's a million, a billion, trillion things out there for mm-hmm. you to listen to, and I think people just like to complain, to be honest. I think people just, they love negativity, and yeah, <laughs> man, I think that's that's... We've yeah. we've had this discussion before, and I think that's yeah, I think that's what's happening. And that's that's another thing, like you know, for all the for all the you know the the big ticket names that haven't dropped, that has given space for other eyes to drop. Do you think like Megan Thee Stallion would be so OP this summer if like nobody else dropped? You know, it's 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 a good thing. It really is a good thing. The fact that you know. Well, okay, not the best thing in the world, but it's a there are positives to be found in this of mm-hmm. of big ticket ice not dropping. You know, it gives people chances to to 
have the, to have their own moment. Fucking Rhapsody is finally getting recognized. Finally. Yeah. Took took about five years, but we got there in the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, who who else? Like fucking, uh, I did mention uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm just looking through my list of, of shit. You know, uh, YBN Corday. Yeah. YBN Corday, that, there you go. Uh, Rich Brian, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, Murder Knife Wonder, of course. Yeah. Snoop Dogg wouldn't have been clocked unless uh, unless there was nothing out. Little brother, Common, Brockhampton, uh, Missy Elliott. Well, actually, Missy Elliott would have uh, would have been clocked regardless. Yeah. But yeah, you know there are there are, there are plenty of Earth Gang, d- fucking Dream Revenge of the Dreamers in in, in general. I That's think a good like, point. if it, if it wasn't point. if if yeah. like Drake or whatever just dropped an album like in the same month same month, Revenge of the Dreamers wouldn't have gotten a lick in. Maybe yeah. a couple of articles here and there, but not as much coverage as they have gotten. Same with Rhapsody, same with uh, Megan Thee Stallion, same with uh, Anderson Pack at the start of the year, Danny Brown more recently. Yes, uh, yes, two chains yeah, man. as well. I'd, 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 really, I'd really do think, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. Two chains, no. good shout, there you go, two chains as well. Little Sims, Dave, if we're talking about UK artists as well. Bro, it's, it's, it's crazy, like, you know, I think it's, I think it's low-key is a good thing. Like, some people do go and look, and... You find it, and it's all the more rewarding. I really did believe that. I will say one thing about this is that when this kind of a year happens, it's very hard for hip hop outlets. It's so hard, man. I swear to gosh, like I sit in my room and just wonder what the fuck am I going to tweet about in the next three days because there's nothing coming <laughs> up on new New Music Friday. Mm-hmm. There's nothing dropped last Friday. No one's dropping any singles. No one's doing any interviews. I'm just like, we're all sitting here twiddling our thumbs. And the thing that I think is bad about that is that a lot of these accounts, you know, I'm not going to shout them all out, but like XXL, Genius, Complex, like you're going to start, you start seeing them grabbing at straws to try and get engagement. So they're starting to create drama or beef or... They're looking for yeah. sources to quote for, you know, like the thing this morning with Kanye. It's like uh, Kanye decries hip-hop as the devil's music and he'll never do it again. It's like they quoted uh, his past. They quoted his pastor. And I replied, like, I'm not going to listen to some rando pastor that I've never even fucking heard of that I don't know is Kanye's pastor. Like, how do we know that Kanye's had this conversation? Shut the fuck that's up. Exhausting. But that's what they've done. Like, they've grabbed at that. And like reposted it because nothing is happening. <laughs> nothing happened. Like Young Boy NBA went number one. Everyone hates Young Boy NBA on Twitter for some reason. Every time I post about him, he gets zero engagement. And I've seen other posts from other outlets, zero engagement. So of course they're gonna have to like grab something random and talk about that. So that's the only thing. Like it's freaking. It's sad, man. It's hard. It's actually hard, especially as one person running this big account. It's like it's really hard for me to do it. But, yeah, that's the only negative aspect of it. Because I think we had to have this after 2018. 2018 was overstimulation. Like there was way too much shit dropping. We needed some sort of correction. And we've had that in 2019. And I think 2020 is going to be epic. Um, But, yeah. I don't see it as a problem at all. You know, like, go back to albums if you want to. That's what I've been doing on Hip Hop Numbers. You know, going back to Lost Tapes 2, going back to YBN Mm -hmm. Cordae, going back to Maxo Cream. 
Um, and then going back to old albums like Capital Punishment and and shit like that. Just this, this shit to do, man. There's this there's so much music out there. It's if you, if you're saying that, I'm kind of like you know, just go look for something. There's there's gonna be something out there. Yep, exactly. What's well that? All right, cool, man. You don't want to do yours? Well, mine's pretty long. I want to. Mine, mine's evergreen. Mine's evergreen. We can definitely do mine next week. But, I, bro, this is gonna be funny because, like, next week, next week, I, I'm gonna hit you with this next week, and I'm gonna. I might. It might be a bit of entrapment, but um, it's gonna be fucking hilarious. So we'll, we'll just we'll keep that in the clip, and I'll unload it next week. It'll be alright. It'll be fine. Until next time. Uh, Fuck you know, cliffhangers. Oi, damn. Find out after the break. All right, then. Uh, With that said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) tease tease aside, this has been uh, the Digging in Digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I've been Charlie Taylor of The Fifth Element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. And thank you so much for listening. We hope you all, well, us too, hope you have a good week. And we shall always, always try and do the same. Uh, We shall see you next week. But until then, uh, have a good week, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for this show, piece and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Breakers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and chill hop records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.